0: Welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on episode number 104 here on Monday, October 29th, 2018. I am, of course, Joe Morata alongside the one and only Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. How you doing, man? Uh, good. Ready to rock and roll this week through the world of retro wrestling. Ready to romp and roll. We're going to be romping, folks. And thank you so much, as always, for being with us here. Closing out October on hopefully a high note here. We have some great topics in store for you. We have the Royal Rankings. You know, that'll oh, be exciting. That's going
1: to be exciting. Add more names to the list, maybe. More names?
0: Do you think for the like third week
1: in a row, they'll be the greatest new greatest WWF champion? You know what? We'll whatever. have to
0: find out, see what the, how the chips fell, if you will. But before we fall into our great topics here, I want to remind you if you haven't yet, give us a follow on Twitter at Podcast, and you can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com and there's a really great place if you like conversing about the grappling the retro grappling conversations grapple cast <laughs> retro grapple book? Yes. Is that the site? Yes it is. You can find a group there that we have. When where might they find that retro grapple book?
1: Well wow, it's really called Facebook in case you're confused but we'll call it grapple book from now grapple on. Facebook.com <laughs> slash grapple. Um, you can find a search bar. Is it on the top right anymore? on Facebook? Just or is like, it like on the, the top. center. It's just, there. it's just up there. OK, well, you type in our vantage point Red for wrestling podcast. You'll see the group. You hit join. And as soon as you join, um, usually our operators are standing by to uh, allow you in to approve your joinage. Um CODs? No CODs ever. Sure. Okay. Well, well, just, free. Op- just operators. <laughs> okay. Uh, you gotta go through the operators.
0: And this group, folks, is, you know, something you should join. And here's why. In the past, I've been parts of wrestling communities on the internets where people are very mean. They argue, like, but they're vicious, you know, like, volatile and just grumpy. They're like Sid. <laughs> they're just like Psycho Sid. But here... Well, well Sid Vicious. Yeah, Sid Vicious. What we do here is we just have fun. We're having fun, Nagel. Yeah, that's we, what we do. We don't use scissors <laughs> in any safety scissors in any capacities. We don't. We don't. Touch yeah. that. We don't play softball there. But what we do is we we promote a fun environment to talk about your favorite things, your least favorite things. Some polls people put up. Go over to join the group. I promise you, it'll be a fun time. And and for your first post, say hi to Chuck Mess. I'm still waiting for some of the that, new yeah. the newer users. Yeah. Uh,
1: and you know we've had a lot since this Chuck Mess drive has begun. And <laughs> yeah. I have not seen one Chuck Mess message.
0: So Chuck message, yeah, Chuck, Chuck <laughs> message. So, so drop your Chuck message over there on the Maybe Facebook group. Maybe it's name's Charlie Messing. Yes, Charlie Messing. Charlie Messing. That's the name you're looking for. Chuck Mess. Yeah. And also later on in the show, we're going to have some information about our Patreon. We do have one, patreon.com slash OVP podcast, and we'll give some love to our friends of the show. But Quinn, all season long, we're doing a new segment to open the show, and it's called What's on Your Mind? And basically each week, Quinn and I are just going to alternate giving each other topics something from retro wrestling's past, you know, that's on our mind. Quinn, I picked last week. What do you have for me this week? What's on your mind? Well, after, you know, watching our
1: review that we that you'll hear later in the show, I sure. was thinking of something it does a lot pertain a lot to retro wrestling because you know you go back and you're looking through your WWE network or your youtube.web yeah. and you're you're trying to say, like i just i want something that's not going to seem like it's shitty like <laughs> it's, it's fair. not good Fantasia. making his way to the ring so i wanted to talk today about wrestling
0: that holds up Wrestling that holds up, like, stands the test of time, if yeah, you will. Right?
1: Like eras, maybe a certain scene, like okay. a, like this company in this era. Like, what are some wrestling scenes of the past that you kind of, maybe not even just your go to, but you just know? Anytime you go back to them, you're like, this is really entertaining. It's still
0: worth it, you know. Definitely the WWF during the first golden era in the mid-80s, I think.
1: Is there a specific time period um, in, I'm, in the golden era? You know what?
0: Honestly, lately I've been really fond of 85, 86. Me too. And I actually, really like it.
1: I love a lot of those MSG shows from mm-hmm. that time period. I think it's, you know, when on their surface, I think they're actually the, the things that seem the roughest around the edges. Yeah, because you turn a lot of those shows on, and you're like Lanny Poffo versus somebody, and you're like, oh, come on. You
0: get Tony Guria, you get you know Rene Goulet in the opener, but that's just the opening match. Right,
1: if you stick around in those
0: shows,
1: they get all like hyped up. The crowd is great. Listen to the roar! 22,000 plus on their feet here in Madison Square Garden! There's also, like, not a million of them, because there's usually only, like, one a month or whatever. right. And on MSG, Mm -hmm. so it's like I think those are the, the per, one of the good examples of, like, stuff that holds up. And no, it's not your five-star match or whatever. No, there's no matches but, that are
0: really good. Well, sometimes, but... But it's a good time. It's a great two, two and a half hours of wrestling. And that one of the great things about that period, Quinn, and why I think it holds up is Hogan was so new and hot and fresh in, like, 85. Like He he, wasn't Bob Backlund. No, he really was, like, at his height in those mid-80s shows. So anytime he's on that card, whether it's against, you know, Randy Savage, I think they had some of the Boston Garden matches, maybe MSG, uh, whether it's Harley Race in 87, whoever it might be, it's so fun to watch him back then. And some of the tag matches, too, that you get. The tag matches are really good. Great stuff.
1: And on top of it, I really enjoy the commentary on those because there's a lot of this it's just like banter and you don't you never know who you're gonna get but that's That's true that's kind of the appeal of these shows well Gibbs
0: just questioned the referee said he's got an awful lot of oil on is he swimming the channel tonight or wrestling what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) it's a hard
1: job being a referee it's a tough job a thankless task that they do
0: it's almost like back in the day when they're used to. Well, even today with like baseball announcers, where it's you, more like a baseball. You never announcer. really know who's going to be there, but they pace it well in these MSG shows for the opener. Yeah, they do banter about, but when it comes main event time or a big match, they they kick it into high gear. Yeah,
1: it is really a
0: like a very good balance, I would say, yeah. and,
1: and great to go back to it. Maybe, you know, after listening to this segment, maybe you want to add this stuff on your playlist, pick out a couple of shows
0: from the MSG shows. Yeah, 85,
1: 86. Some of those Boston Gardens, I
0: feel like, are the same idea. Same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Stay away from the spectrum unless you really like Dick Graham, which some people do, but I don't. This is Dick Graham, and I've got a buddy next to me, not the Gorilla Man, not Gorilla Monsoon. We're talking about Lord Alfred Hayes. Spectrum does suck.
1: Although it does have that, like, is that the one with the nice logo <laughs> yes, in the center the of the ring. ring? Not, not as good though. Like inferior. I'd say MSG Boston Garden. Those are Love like the it. two, like, the aesthetic. And they oh my feel, gosh. for WWF. They still feel very regional. Yes, which is what I like about it. Yeah, it's very like, especially if you're like us, you grew up in the Northeast, or if you ever wanted, maybe you moved here when you were older. You ever, what was it like growing up in the Northeast? This is crack, rock cocaine cuz you also get the references when they're talking about airports or sure, something stuff like, like that yeah. yeah
0: so that yeah that mid 80s wwf period what about you what's one from uh from your plate there
1: one that i go back to actually a lot and it's it's more recent that i discovered how truly great it holds up i love those ecws right. from 94 95 some of 96 holy shit like every hour of that show that you want, that you get to step in for right it's like just a window into that rocky and rough transition period. But normally we're watching everything decline, right? In WCW and <laughs> WF and it's sucking balls, right, right? Right. In ECW, you're seeing people do the work. Yeah, sure true. The, the actual like transition to how everything is going to be. And, Sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes it does. There is some fun stuff there. But either way, it's entertaining because every hour of television, you feel like you're in the lab, right, with Paul Heyman. (laughs) Right. And he's experimenting with angles. That's, like, literally what that show feels like to me.
0: I I agree with you, Quinn, and I think aesthetically it's like a period piece. Right. uh, Watching it 20-something years later, but not in a hokey way. Like, you look back at it, the same way we'll watch Ninja Turtles, the first movie, and that is 1990. Right.
1: You got any cigarettes?
0: Regular or mental? That ECW stuff that that just encapsulates kind of that like I know it's cliche, but that grunge movement or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's like uh, post grunge, like you know, Seattle kind of. Yeah, thing. it just feels like this is the underground wrestling of its time. Now I'll say this: there's
1: two ways to watch this, right? Now there's the YouTube way where you get which is much harder and maybe you need to contact a tape trader to do yeah, this honestly for real but TW
0: Hamilton you out there that's the
1: uh, yeah but that's <laughs> the unedited with the music in it right and that's if you want more of the aesthetic right but I also feel there's merit in the network versions because it makes you focus more on the angles
0: because you're not caught up and distracted by the music right Right. yeah that's a good point Quinn
1: it actually like it works both ways surprisingly like I think I, I see a lot of people on the internet get down on those ECW shows on the network. they're like oh this, this dubbed in music, and I'm—I got over it after the first like couple times I watched <laughs> right, it. I right. was like, whatever. Like, there's look at all this crazy shit going on. Yes, like, I don't give a shit about the grunge. I can go. You know, turn on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, <laughs> if I, like look up whatever the music was, right. and like just find it out, you know,
0: which we are on Spotify, by the way, if you want to listen to us on that. Yeah, we are. And, on and Apple, we're on
1: Apple podcast.
0: Yeah, if you want to leave us a review on Apple podcast, but to if, if you don't mind, if I may for a second here, just draw a contrast to what we're talking about. So maybe the fans get a better idea of what holds up in our minds versus what doesn't. I'd give you a quick example of two promotions and time periods that don't hold up to me. One is WWF around ninety nine. Yeah, I I was going to say the
1: same thing. I
0: agree with you one hundred percent. It's
1: hard to rewatch. I've been watching some clips of YouTube on that. I swear to Joe. It's hard. I think I posted a video of this. There was a clip that I found, and I just stumbled upon it because you know how like YouTube just starts recommending. I watched like one video, and then it recommended all these other videos. Yeah, and there was this one where like corporate ministry was like challenging somebody probably and then, austin uh, austin and he was like standing on a. first of all austin is standing on a ladder yelling at them and he's like the ceo or something and he says oh, that boss and all this shit God. meanwhile the corporate ministry look like idiots in the middle yes. of the ring. vince has like a yellow coat on but the whole rest is in black it uh. looks dumb <laughs> and then all of a sudden sean michaels and I'm not making this up. What? I totally forgot. Shawn Michaels literally shoots through the floor what? of the entrance. I didn't. Yes, I, he did. This happened. No oh, oh, Mr. Shawn Michaels! Now! Now, gentlemen! Gentlemen! And he's just like, Vin Man! There's gonna be a match! And i to die! Because oh, he's commissioner still, right? right? I was like, what the fuck? This is horrible. He- and that's just an example. I don't wanna get too no, deep no, no, into it. No, 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 I know. But- Go look up that clip I posted. Oh, yeah, a
0: little yeah. while ago. Yeah, Did he have pants on at least, Shawn Michaels? Um, I don't he remember. He might not have. See, that's I, the thing. It's it 99. Depends.
1: Well, you <laughs> know who did wander, like, sauntered out to support Sean, which made this even worse and who? weirder? Who? The Stooges.
0: Oh. They were somehow oh, that. with Shawn. They were faced for a little while there, and, yeah. And,
1: and Patterson had shorts on, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wear the fucking pants. Yeah. So, another one. We've watched some of it in our reviewing Is the AWA from anything we've watched, which is like the early 80s AWA? It's not as good as people say it is from 83 or whatever when they
1: say it's good.
0: Overall, I mean, I have to see some good AWA. I haven't, I guess. I haven't found it. In all seriousness, anything I've seen, it's just poor.
1: Yeah. The people the people who, there are a lot Ruby. of people
0: who say like 83 to
1: 85 is good. I don't know what the fuck they're talking I, about.
0: Like, I haven't seen it. I've seen a lot of Brad Reingans. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. You know, I've seen a lot of Greco-Roman tie-ups and stuff like that mm-hmm. and a lot of focus on Olympic athletes. But holy shit, the AWA for me, that's me, doesn't hold up. You know, maybe you're a big fan of it out there. Let us know. What's good? Let us know what holds up for you guys. What else you think, Quinn? What's good? So I got two things. Maybe you have another one also. Yeah, go ahead.
1: I think a lot of those um, NWA um, Saturday night. Are, yes, it's called um, World Championship World Championship right? Wrestling. It's yeah, not WCW. The NWA version World, of it. Yeah, it's the Saturday show from about 80, 86, Five? Actually, I would okay. say when start. You know, whenever the Tully. And Magnum TA feud starts around there, which 85. is what the network starts at. Yeah. yeah Eighty five. So Starcade eighty-five yeah. to around like eighty-seven. Seven-ish, yeah. Great, great show. Classic. Literally every show is can't miss.
0: It is really good because it's ongoing stories, it's yeah. entertaining wrestling. You have the studio aesthetic. It feels very of its time, but in the best possible way. And I think
1: as far as like I think part of this is how it ages. I yeah. think
0: that's the big part
1: of this. We didn't really say that at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, but how it ages, how right? How it ages. How it holds up, How right? it holds up. I think those matches on there, you would be surprised how fast-paced even the jobber matches are. This is true. Like, they're not arm bars and stuff for 20 minutes.
0: Whereas, as much as we were just expounding upon the virtues of WWF during the time period for different reasons, you know, Mm in 85 and 86. Yeah. For different reasons. uh, Their matches were, for the most part, slower paced by that point. Right.
1: This NWA show from 85 to 87. It's good Southern wrestling. You can't. It's remarkable how the actual wrestling seems like if you were to watch an episode of Raw today.
0: Like yeah. it, it's actually fast paced like, ring
1: in ring action. Yeah. Yes, it's it's pretty remarkable. And that's what stood out about that period to me a lot. And not to mention every show you get Ric Flair yelling about something. So yeah, that can't be and when he's not when he's not like old. Yes. <laughs> you right. know? I'm going to enroll you in a class in inhalation therapy because you see. And about the twenty minute mark in Philadelphia. You were like all the girls at the Marriott in room eight oh six.
0: Ric Flair in his prime as world champion is is and Dusty also yeah. is on that show oh, yeah. a lot. So
1: yeah, every Pretty much every episode is literally like Ric Flair says something, Dusty says something, and you're just like, wow, these are amazing promos. I I wish I could like I wish in 2018 I could go out to the arena and watch these two fight like you want to watch them fight like in your time after watching them say that, shit and that's
0: one of the key ingredients i think to holding up is like you still want to see more of it yeah the fact that after i watched some of those like a couple
1: years ago i was like man i wish i could buy a ticket to see this and i'm like oh wait this is yeah, like 30 years ago 30 or whatever <laughs> right like but that's that yeah. tells you how well the selling power of those two was
0: absolutely i totally agree uh, i'll give you one more and then you can give me your last one there sure i think wcw believe it or not look me saying something good about wcw i think they're 1994 Even once Hogan arrives, most of their 94 overall is a good time period for them. Very good. I like that era with stunning Steve Austin and Mick Foley and Vader and the boss. Brian Pillman. Muda shows back up again. Yeah, The nasties are actually halfway decent. There's some good stuff. And Flair, of course, is great. And you get a Flair steamboat reprisal. Yep. They're few to ninety four. Excellent, excellent. It's a fun time period. Nothing like they would do in ninety five. Yeah, and nothing like most of ninety three, which is a little hokey. Now, does it hold up to you? Ninety yeah, four. I mean, yes. like, would you like watch it? T- would Would you
1: seek I, out episodes? Yeah, I don't think a lot of them are available. That's the on only thing the, on the network. Or There's not, not a lot of ninety four. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like WCW 94. I'll unabashedly say that. And even some of the Hogan era stuff, like when he shows up, it's still okay. Yeah. It phases into like being crappy at the end of the year, but it's still okay. So that's one for me. Like I can actually watch it. And there's others. WWF 98 still holds up. Mm -hmm. Not 99. Yeah. WWF 97. Forget about it. I love it.
1: One that I think you and me would both agree on. WWF 91 to 90,
0: early 92. Hell yeah. Like about WrestleMania 8-ish. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I always extend that through the end of the year well,
1: because I think about when all the when the elder fellas started to leave was at like elder fellas. Yeah, well, I mean like that. What, are you that, talking? Cause what I mean is that la- the whole appeal of late 91 and early 92 is that you have the guys from the 80s, but doing edgier angles.
0: Savage and Snake Roberts, especially, right? Exactly, yes.
1: and that and Piper and Piper and yeah, Flair, yeah,
0: exactly, is there, yeah, which is great. So what
1: I'm saying is, it's like to me, that's a very appealing period of time.
0: Absolutely, I know it's one of Petey Winston's favorite periods and of time it, it too. And it holds up definitely holds up i extend that up to the end of the year though just because you get to see brett and sean rise towards the end of the year and i like that you know i like
1: you get to around survivor series and you start to see the the, the, the starts to creep in i know three ishness
0: i know we talked about that last week yes Uh, now but i agree with you i want to
1: put out one more before we end the segment here um and this one's a more of a pick and choose but um if you have access in any form or fashion to New Japan world, and not only that, I, I first saw this stuff on, like, torrents and tapes. Torrents. The people, right? Oh, you are Kazakh? Yeah, I don't know how I saw it, but I noticed a lot of New Japan from about 81, 82 to up to 94. This whole emergence of the the cruiserweights, I guess you'd call them, is very Junior fascinating. Yeah. And the reason I say it holds up is because, Again, you watch this stuff and you're like, "Holy! this is the early
0: 80s? What the hell? Like the, the wrestling style was so ahead of its time as far as what they were doing in North America. Right. Absolutely. And not to mention the presentation is, I think, what
1: helps keep your attention. Because you watch this stuff and it doesn't like... A lot of old wrestling sometimes can throw you off because it just looks...
0: Like shit. It. This is absolutely true. Whether it's Gordon's film room from yeah. the seventies NWA, or whether it's W. You ever see some of that freaking sixteen millimeter footage of WWF? Yeah, in the horrible. early seventies, it's tough. the
1: Russian Bear, the ring
0: the Living a big Yeah, it's tough to watch. You're right; it throws you off. New Japan, especially in the early
1: eighties, I think they got their production. Like almost standardized to the point where you can watch a match from 82 and you can watch a match now, and not much is different. It's, other, it's than, other than the fact that it's in 16 yeah, by 9 right. rather than 4
0: 3. But in terms of the overall presentation yeah. and the aesthetic and the way they do it, yeah, it's very similar.
1: Yeah. And on top of that, I'm just saying you start to get this influx of uh, lightweight, you know, junior heavyweight wrestlers, as they call them in Japan. Sure. In around 81, 82. And I think some stuff to check out definitely would be like Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask.
0: Yes, that's a big one.
1: It's some of the emergence of and Thunder Liger in the mm-hmm. later eighties. Yeah, yep. I, I mean it's just very interesting stuff. It uh, does just, hold up from yeah, what and, I've seen of it, and yes. especially with New Japan Search, um, it's actually not bad. You can type in the name of these guys, and you can you can look. It gives you a it gives you an actual date on every link. So if you okay. ha- if you if you have that, I think it's only nine 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 yen, which is like eight dollars and fifty cents a month. So just if you, if you want to sign up for it, it's there. Who
0: cares? Currency conversion notwithstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a good topic, Quinn, because there are some go-to periods of time that hold up, you know, that are really fun to rewatch, that it, where you don't feel like you're in a grind, you know, Try like, you know, I'll watch 95. Yeah. It's not always fun. But there's some certain periods of time where you can watch it and just feel like, man I'm right at home here watching you, this you stuff you feel at home right? yeah it's like an old shoe or like an old friend as we always say about Wrestlemania 6 right so folks let us know what are some of your wrestling time periods promotions that really do hold up that have stood the test of time something that you can go back to and it's still crisp in terms of how, what it does for you, its presentation, its aesthetic, the in-ring quality. Let us know. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter. You can email us or join the group But Quinn will we come back. It is time for Royal Rankings Week number four. Two more participants get added to the mix there, Michael, and uh, that'll be coming up right after this. The latest edition of the WWF magazine is now on sale. Enjoy the greatest magazine of its kind. The only one with cover-to-cover full-color photographs, exclusive interviews, in-depth reporting. Feel the thrills of the action. Rub elbows with the superstars. See the Slammy Wrestling Music Awards. Terry Funk and the Double Cross Ranch. Plus city-by-city coverage of WrestleMania 2. All this and much more in the official World Wrestling Federation magazine. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to see Austin. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here in episode number 104. Thank you for being with us on Monday, October 29th, 2018. Hey, Michael Quinn, did you know... We have a Patreon? We do. <laughs> yes, we do. You didn't Since know why. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you all about it, folks. So at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you can go and if you want to, you can donate to us. Now, I want to make it very clear we don't do this for money. We don't, you know, this Monday show that you listen to each and every week. It's always free. It'll always be free. And none of the Patreon money that we get is even goes towards this show. No, no it Actually, actually it, it really doesn't. Because we, we the, fund the, this ourselves. The
1: fees actually just came through <laughs> yes, recently. And, so. and Crockett's
0: very happy, I'm sure, that we re-upped with SoundCloud, but
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know what? They've been improving.
0: Yeah, it's been fine.
1: You know what? If SoundCloud's listening, good job. You've been you've impressed me this year. <laughs>
0: yes. Folks, if we've impressed you. This year, maybe the last two years, you can donate to us. We have three very easy tiers. You know, you won't shed any tears over the money that you have to spend. Now, for $1, Michael, you know what they get? Uh, they get this this recording of us doing this. Yeah, but they can see us, right? The visual, yeah, the you, audio and the visual. Every Monday, you get a raw dump, we call it, of yeah. the video footage. And basically, what that gets it gets you before we start recording, in between the breaks, and after. You get to see how we make the show. Essentially, you get to see the Dunkin' Donuts coffee that I'm drinking, whatever Quinn has get in his see the, uh, Popeyes the cup, sting cup there.
1: LJN action figure, not LJN. Which one for this? I don't know. It's
0: glue, but I forget forget who made them. But uh, what do you have in that Popeye's cup there, Quinn? Coke. Uh, Coke. Coca-Cola. So for $1, you can see Sting. You can see Quinn's Popeye's cup. And you can see how we make the show, basically. It's a little sneak peek. uh, Bloopers, things that make the cutting room floor, $1 a month every single Monday. Uh, For $2, now that's only only $2 every month. It's It's still less than coffee. It's not every day. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a month. It's two a month. What you get is not only the raw footage every Monday, but every other Friday, you get the old fan-favorite segment, It's still alive and kicking, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. And that is where we pick something from the suggestion list or maybe something from the outer reaches of our own minds. And we do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of it. And it's about an hour or so, audio podcast, a separate podcast on a separate feed. That's two bucks a month every other Friday. And then finally dollars. That's right. $3 a month. Whoa. Hold oh, on. That's... Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if I could sign up for that 3 Well, if you can, here's what you get. You get the raw footage every single Monday. Every other Friday, you get the Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. And in between on those other Fridays, you get video content, Quinn. Wait. So you're telling me you get the $1. Yeah. You get the $2. uh huh
1: And then you get this third thing. Yes. And it's all like wrapped up. Yes. In $1. Small package, small, if you will. Small package, <laughs> yes. and it
0: still costs
1: less than a cup of coffee.
0: Yes, it does. That's right. And, well, sign me up, <laughs> obviously. And for three bucks, you get uh, that video footage we were talking about, which is 1982 WWF. Quinn and I are watching it week by week oh, by week. Uh, we had a good one recently, and we're hoping for more good ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you saw the trailer that uh, Richie Rich
1: made on yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> Richie Rich. It was it was fantastical. And actually, I'm starting to...
0: um. Dare I say it, like 1982? It's uh, it's a fun time watching along with us. And, and eventually so we'll get to 83. <laughs> one day we'll get to 83. So that's if you want to donate, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, we would appreciate that. But you know what? If you don't, that's fine, too. We're just thankful that you're listening to us today. But if you want to donate, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And now, Quinn, it's time for Royal Rankings, where all season long, we are taking two at a time entrants that have made it. And we're ranking the top WWF world champions of all time. These 20 participants were all voted on by the fans. We received over 40-something, maybe 50 different people that were voted as the top 20 champions. Mm -hmm. 20 made the cut, and we're ranking them two by two each and every week. It's very exciting. So let's go to the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. Never been pinned for a three count, man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I have prints on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again World Wrestling Federation champion. But I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I win the championship match again. I think Ax is going to win because I think he's the only one who beat Andre the Giant. Yo, go! Sooner! Well, rankings week four. It's starting to heat up in here, Michael. It's getting it's very, very hot.
1: It's very hot. Uh Yeah, I I can't believe it. I I can't believe how big this board's getting.
0: This leaderboard, folks, is getting very big. We're going to give you the current rankings. That's, of course, as of last week. I
1: I remember when it was a wee little board. It it used to be a small board. It used to be a tiny board with only two people on it. Now it has six people. Now it has six. Six.
0: (laughs) By the end of this uh, segment, it'll have eight. So here's the rundown. Currently, you're number one, the greatest WWF world champion of all time. John Cena. Congratulations, John. Yep. Coming in at number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Amazing. Number three, Brett Hitman Hart. Yep. Number four, Barack Lesnar. The Brockster, baby. The Brockster. Number five, it's Shawn Michaels. The Shawnster, baby. And somehow he's still in the top 10 for now, you know, (laughs) because there haven't been 10 yet. It's Randy Orton.
1: He's really overperforming
0: <laughs> right now. He really is.
1: Number six, that's pretty high praise for yeah, Randy Orton.
0: Yeah, it's pretty high up there. We'll see how he fares, and we'll see how everyone else fares, because, Quinn, let's find out who drew number seven. Five, four, three, Style and a profile, and, Quinn, it's the nature boy, Rick Flair. Wow, I... I love Ric Flair. You know that. I know you do. I'm I'm okay with him. He got a lot of votes. Let me put it that way. He was high up in the rankings, the fan rankings, to get into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very high up. And Ric Flair, most notably, is the NWA slash WCW world champion of all times. Yeah, I mean, if, would if, say.
1: Okay, if this was a just general world <laughs> yeah. champions list,
0: he might be number one. He epitomizes a world champion. Right. I mean, he's he's the man. You got to beat the man. You know to, to be to be man. that man right? right you know and, and then, his shoes cost more than our house they
1: always did they still, even now that he's like 100 years old or yeah. whatever he is, like
0: his, his geriatric his, shoes cost his, more than our house, his, his dentures cost more than my, my <laughs> house, his Ben Gay supply costs more than our house, his
1: depends cost more than my house.
0: Now, Ric Flair, as WWF world champion, he had two reigns. This is an easy one to talk about because he had a very compact run. Yeah, as world I was champion. gonna look
1: up stuff and I'm like, you don't Wait, even need what am to. I even doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very like, easy. This is easy.
0: We could do this from memory, really. He entered the WWF in the summer of. 1991, the late summer, after his dispute with Pizza Hut man, Jim (laughs) Hurd.
1: Now, he was when he came in the real world champion does yeah. that count
0: Yeah, <laughs> no. he had the big gold belt with him yeah and you know within a few months he was uh already in the world title scene he had called out hogan he had a few with piper called out hogan and then he entered the 1992 wwf royal rumble yes me he didn't even need to be in that world title he already was the world champion well that was bobby heenan's rationale yeah. right yeah so rick flair and we we don't need to rehash the entire 92 rumble we've talked about it a lot but rick flair drew number three quick right and put on the performance of a lifetime there.
1: It's it's pretty remarkable considering Flair's career up to that point. There was so many performances right. of a lifetime.
0: And that was just his first big WWF splash. To think at age 40 whatever he was, 43, 42, 43, yeah.
1: 42, 43 that he was doing that like endurance run. It's amazing. It's pretty incredible and only for his first WWF title.
0: It's amazing. Now, Ric Flair, I always thought, even though people have complained about how WWF handled him, I thought they treated him with a lot of dignity, with a lot of respect. They well, shot him to the top immediately.
1: I mean, like I said, he came in and they basically were like, yeah, he's the world champion.
0: Yeah, basically. They, they he's our even, next world champ. The
1: fact that like, it was just like pronounced. Right at the at the beginning of his run, months even before this Royal Rumble, yeah, that shows you how much respect they had.
0: They did. I thought they gave him a very elegant, you know, run there with the title, the way he won it. And I thought he was an apropos rival to Hogan upon entry, the natural rivalry. Yeah, right. I mean, that was the perfect rivalry. They had a great MSG match before Flair was champion in November, and then Flair as world champion and the way he won it and the match he won, it in, all made sense. Right, Rick Flair, the world champion for nineteen ninety two. Perfect.
1: Right. Okay, so.
0: I want to say something
1: about Rick Flair, and I think this is the reason why so many people voted him in. And you know, if we were just going by the votes, maybe he'd be like he's you up know, there two or something. I don't right? know. Yeah, I don't know if he'll there. he'll rank there. We'll have to see once we get to deliberations. Right. However, I think it's based off strongly off his performance in that rumble. He won the title in probably the best manner I've ever seen anyone win a title <laughs> in the WWF. Like, the, the main title, the world championship ever. Oh,
0: yes! 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 Yes!
1: Yes! Yes! He yes!
0: it! Yes! Yes! It was probably the most exciting title win since Hogan won it from Sheik.
1: Yeah, but I would say it was even more more impressive. Because it's like an hour long winning the title.
0: No question it's more impressive, but in terms of just exciting to have a new champion and have it be that way, I can't think of anything since Hogan's chic.
1: And even on top of all that, it had that signature Ric Flair feel to it with the controversy at the end. With the the sidster. Basically, Hogan was being a little bitch is what it
0: was. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and actually, I like how they did it that Hogan got eliminated, but he wasn't the last guy. Yes, Because, was. unfortunately, it didn't work out because they didn't have Ric Flair fight Hogan. But <laughs> I, I, you could tell that, obviously, the plan was for Ric Flair to fight Hogan at WrestleMania because they didn't actually, like, one didn't knock it,
0: the other right, over. Right, right, the, right. Over
1: the top rope. It was actually like... Hogan s- actually
0: helped Flair eliminate Sid. Right. He did. He from did. From the outside, yeah. So,
1: but I'm saying it set up that Hey man, they didn't really fight each other, right. You know, like
0: also Quinn, put that cigarette out. Rick, Woo! Blair, you have made world, put that cigarette out. Yes, <laughs> and then the celebration <laughs> yeah, on top of all of
1: it, and that's why he probably in a lot of people's hearts seems like
0: easy top five. To, let's say maybe to some people top two, maybe yeah. Now he lost it, you know, at his first big defense, which was against Randy Savage. Love the match, yeah. We, we both love that match, and then he kind of meandered for a bit throughout mm-hmm. the spring and summer. But he wasn't
1: the champion. No,
0: he wasn't. Yeah. And then he won it again September first, nineteen ninety two, right after summer slam. Now this
1: rain, I it's garbage it stinks, right? It's just so that Brett the Hitman can win it or something.
0: Well, I don't know who Flair was going to lose it to eventually. Did
1: they know Ric Flair was going to leave by the point when they did this? I think, like,
0: I think he gave his notice in November or something. I don't think they so. Knew they didn't yet. even like. They I just think so. They're
1: like, no more Ric
0: Flair. Basically, they were going to transition it to someone next. It might have been Warrior. I don't know what their plans were yet. In when Flair won the title back, it might have been Warrior. Yeah, because he was still a thing. But anyway, Flair had it for another month and a half, lost it to Brett, and that's it. There's not a lot of big Ric Flair title defenses, there's not. There's two, and he loses them. Okay.
1: There's this balance, like I said with Ric Flair. Yes. Is that not a lot. There's a really lot of, not. But a lot of impact. A lot of impact, The I two agree. matches that are the most memorable, the Royal Rumble and the Randy Savage match, are yeah. far and away, like, They're top-notch. S- shit. Some of the best things ever to happen in the title's history
0: yeah and it's interesting we were talking about how early 92 holds up that's one of the reasons is right. rick flair being there in these great angles and stuff right. like that it really is and i had elizabeth first and that was the I liked that, it that yeah. was his big angle for the title absolutely it yep. was and then his second reign i mean it's really it's a cup of coffee maybe a and cup of coffee and a cruller but when he
1: loses the title do you what do you think of that bret hart match i think it's
0: okay we, uh, we took a look at that for one of the old OVP commentaries, and it was okay. Yeah. It's not as good as I thought it was, but it's not bad. I yeah. mean, Brett, of course. You know, I thought we would have had better matches, but Rick <laughs> Rick knew one way, and that was 70s, you know, and yeah. he didn't know how to really do anything. Yeah, anyway, Brett, okay. Shout I had Brett. good matches. And it was okay. It's not bad, but it is a very much a Ric Flair match. Brett has a somewhat valid point there. It's not a that's not a match. bad thing. Eh, yeah, it's not a bad For thing. For consistency, I no, mean. No, you're right, you're right. So that's Ric Flair's run, I mean, but let's talk about what that meant in terms of appeal. And to me, like I said earlier, Ric Flair epitomizes a world champion anywhere he goes. Yes. He is a world champion.
1: It's true. And so
0: he fit as WWF world champion. It made sense. I think something to discuss here with
1: this is that I think what Ric Flair did ultimately is... He kind of took the WWF title out of this realm of well, it's only with WWF guys. Like it's like with these specific people. Ric Flair made it feel like this is the real title. Like this is like for all the companies from
0: all over the world.
1: Right? Because is- any any anybody from any company could come in and and. This is the real title. Ric Flair even says it when he wins it. It's Most coveted trophy. When you win this, you really are the champion. Or he says that, something like that. He he also says, like, this is the greatest moment of my
0: life. Even though he'd
1: already been, like,
0: seven-time champion or whatever in the NWA. Do you think, in in some regard, he actually added prestige to an already prestigious title? Right. That's what I'm trying to to do. That's what I'm trying to get at, is that... That's hard to do, and he did it.
1: Because of his him being rick flair yeah he added to this title that it's a more of an overarching, arching yeah. oh, arching title right like it's it, it represents
0: really the best wrestler, wrestler whereas before right. it
1: really was like well the
0: wwf's best guy you know that's a fair point i would also say that um for the last eight years before that The WWF world title scene was dominated largely by Hogan and And Randy Savage. And if not Hogan, Savage or Warrior. And that was for brief runs. It was mainly the Hogan show for eight years. So in its own way, this was the start of somewhat of a new or a one-off era. It was something totally different than what we had had. You're right. And I think it's because it was Ric Flair.
1: I think this also, what I'm trying to get at with Ric Flair is that he opened a path for um, people from different companies what that for them to be treated at world title level. Like for example, yeah, like maybe. right now, right? We have AJ Styles as the WWE champion, but he's mostly recognized for many years in his career as IWGP yep. and um TNA, TNA world champion. Yeah. But like when he came to WWE, all of a sudden it was like, well, he's so good. Like he should be the WWE champion. But like that kind of respect might not have been afforded to him had Ric Flair kind of established that you can come in from another promotion and be recognized that way.
0: I mean, I don't know. That's a, you don't think that's a bit of a stretch. That's almost 25 years earlier that we're talking. Vince McMahon doesn't do that often. He doesn't often do that. I I don't don't think if,
1: if Ric Flair hadn't made that path, that might've not been something that was afforded to people later on.
0: Maybe. I I don't know if there's too many other examples of that. There isn't many, but when
1: people come in like that and it's like a dream kind of thing where yeah. somebody comes in from another company. The path is set in stone. Because when AJ came in, he was respected how Flair was. He even came in in the Royal Rumble.
0: He did, yeah. At, he debuted in the Royal Rumble.
1: At number three, no less. Was did, he number three? Yes. I don't remember, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting conclusion to draw. I'm not sure if I 100% correlation. I don't know if you agree the with it, but
1: I, I just see it as like it's fine. if you're world champion elsewhere, you might be recognized in the WWF. It's possible, yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So before we move on to our next entrant, what do you think overall? Ric Flair, good WWF champion. Like, we're, we're we're confident that he's good. We're confident that he's good. I as just, champion. I, mean, I think
1: we need to look over
0: everyone. We to, will. To really rank him. Yeah, because his it's really his first reign, really. Because his second reign is nothing.
1: And his first reign isn't even that long it's, either. That's it's the like things. Royal Rumble to
0: WrestleMania. So it, it might be less of what he accomplished in the ring. And more, what he accomplished to the overall, yeah, prestige of the title. That's a good way to look at it here. But Quinn, number eight, is on his way. Let's find Let's out find who it out is. Who he is. Do you smell what the rock is
1: cooking?
0: Huh. Oh shit! I smell it. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Hmm. Holy well, shit! What is he cooking? Actually, I never, I never figured that out. What eggs. The, um, yeah, it might have been eggs. Yeah, scrambled.
1: Possibly. Okay. Maybe like sunny side up. You think? I don't know if he's a sunny side up Sunny side
0: up sounds like a saying The Rock would say. I'm going to stick it sunny side up your ass. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, The Rock. Yes. Uh, so he's here now. Now again, folks, I want to remind you here at the Midway Point, this is random. You can see the drawing itself on our raw footage. They are not we do not put these two together. You would think we would, but we don't do it for the sake of the episode. It's totally, for real, 100% random. Well, although,
1: out of all of them, I feel like this is one of the more random. It actually like, the, the, random the, yeah, actually is
0: random, What do these guys have to do with each other <laughs> They don't. Ric Flair to The Rock in yeah. that bumper, but oh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I didn't
1: even think about that.
0: But, okay, so The Rock is here. Now, The Rock, he had the title a bunch of times. His first reign in 1998 is one of Quinn's personal favorite story arcs ever. We've talked so about good. it, the, the Deadly Games. The
1: Deadly Games. So... He wasn't expected to win this. I didn't think he would. That's why, to me, this is so, so special. And I don't want to recap the whole. No, no, no we game. don't need to. The point is, is that the Rock went into this tournament, and everyone thought Mankind was going to win or Austin. Yeah. And then the Rock won,
0: and he was a face uh, right. when he won it. Yeah. He had been building a very unofficial face turn for about two months, and then
1: he just dramatically turned heel at the end of the tournament, aligning with McMahon. Yep. And there you go. The
0: Rock is your WWE champion, WWF champion. Yep. And because it's the Russo era, and I might even call this a bad thing necessarily for the time. It he it changed hands a few times. So The Rock lost it to Mankind, but then won it back at Royal Rumble in that very brutal I Quit match. Remember that with the like well, ten unprotected chair shots. There, there's a
1: couple of brutal matches because even Oof. even the halftime heat there was some crazy <laughs> shit going on in there with the empty. Yeah. By the way, like nobody ever regards that as like actually kind of a groundbreaking. Like I've fun. never seen anything like that where they battled around an empty arena.
0: Well, there's been empty arena matches, but How not, not like, false count anywhere empty arena matches, I don't think. You know what that I was, mean?
1: That was something, and it was for the title, and it changed hands.
0: And Vince did commentary. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, even oh, yeah. He, even though this is Mr. McMahon and he's a heel. And Mankind, nonetheless, the aggressor, going after The Rock. And Rock, oh, going oh, go. up for the high, in a hard right hand by The Rock. Those of you just tuning in might say, what the hell am I watching? What you're watching is history in the making, the first time ever. Empty arena match for the WWF title here in the World Wrestling Federation. But more than that, you're watching action adventure. That's what the WWF is. Soap opera. It's Roadrunner. Elements of one life to live. It's like Hollywood and Broadway and all points in between. He did classic Vince commentary. You
1: can't get JR off the Super
0: Bowl. I I don't think JR was there. Yeah, uh, because he was watching no, the belts Balls. Oh, okay. School. Well, he was and- also watching football probably <laughs> in the hospital. <laughs> he probably was. Right, gosh, from <laughs> Alabama High School. <laughs> You know that. Yeah, I know. Right guard. and Like the- <laughs>
1: recovering. Like, I can totally see JR with his hat on in the hospital watching football.
0: <laughs> and uh, so The Rock wanted back from Mankind after halftime heat at Raw uh, the day after St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And that led to The Rock awesome at WrestleMania 15. And that's the end of The Rock's first foray as a champion. A couple of short reigns, all condensed. You know, if you put them all together, he had the title on off from November of 98 to WrestleMania 15.
1: Now, I feel like those were establishing reigns.
0: I think so. And for a lot of that, he wore like the shirt because he had like the boob surgery.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about the boob surgery. It's totally real.
0: Yeah. That weird like baggy shirt. <laughs> yeah, <it's> strange. <laughs> and then The Rock didn't win it again. You would think he had it more. He right. didn't have the title again for another year until April of 2000 and that awesome backlash match against Triple H. So this is after the Ro- Triple H had retained it at WrestleMania, right. which no one liked. The Rock finally won the backlash loses it to Triple H at uh, Judgment Day. That's where Shawn Michaels was the ref. And then The Rock wins it again in June of 2000. And then he loses it to Angle. Then he wins it again from Kurt Angle. And he loses it to Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. So a year on and off The Rock as the world champion. I mean, That was was the height of The Rock.
1: To me, all that back and forth, it's a result of the times, the the, the, the Nielsen rating competition. People are titles going back and forth
0: now that's not leslie nielsen's ratings no that's some other uh, Nielsen. could be leslie's but <laughs> surely you can't be serious i am serious and don't call me Shirley. It's not the Rock's fault. It's no, just no, no. like
1: they literally like that's what they had to do to make people watch.
0: So I consider that his second run as champion, that yeah. 2000 to 01. Right. And that's really the height of the Rock because for a lot of that. 2000
1: Rock is awesome. Yeah.
0: And a lot of that Austin was still out of action. Right. Rock and Triple H carried the company. They did. They did. And he did a great job as world champion. And, and during that sense. time, a
1: lot of uh, Rock making fun of Michael Cole. Oh, it's the best. And coach. Uh, and coach. Yeah. yeah and Kevin so. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that was nice about The Rock is he was kind of disassociated from the Ministry of Darkness.
0: Oh, that was all over with. Yeah, he had nothing to do with that.
1: Yeah, which was kind of great.
0: He was his own thing for the most part, besides when he was involved with Mankind in 99. Other than that, The Rock was pretty much his own thing
1: to me, that kind of showed you how popular The Rock, he didn't need nobody.
0: Yeah, no, I know. Now, he did have another run that is less talked about because it really didn't matter. In mid two thousand, when he kind of was in and out and he had done The Mummy and he was kind of, his <laughs> film career was budding at this point in 2 Because yeah, he had the long hair in The Mummy. Yes, and he wasn't Hollywood Rock just yet, but he was getting there. Yeah. He won the title from The Undertaker, who had it in O2 for some godforsaken reason. The Rock was the one that we talked about last week, who dropped it to Brock Lesnar at Summerslam
1: right so this is that interim run
0: yes and then you wouldn't see the rock again as the WWF world champion until of course the ill-fated which I don't want to recapitulate this all over (laughs) again but till that ill-fated CM Punk when he beat him at the Rumble twice in a lifetime yeah and then of course uh, the John Cena thing and then he lost to John Cena right Weird to have the title in thirteen. I almost don't even count it.
1: Yeah, it's kind. Of, it it exists so they could have a match. Yeah, like because so. and because they said it was for the title or right. something
0: a year before. So let's. Uh, I guess we've recapped his reigns in a general sense now. Overall, though, the the Rock. Obviously, it made sense to have him as world champion during the ninety nine to oh one period. The I consummate mean, entertainer. Absolutely. Would you say
1: he's uh one of the more entertaining WWF champions?
0: Yeah, I think he's a guy that uh like Ric Flair it made sense that he was champion right he um, had the the fancy shirt and clothes and, and all that shit coverings. yeah and he just had this really unique character
1: yeah the only thing with The Rock is that I like him a lot but everything was a blur like it just yes. went by so fast it really did and there's really like not a lot to write home about about his like, world other than championship like run. his Austin match where but, he lost it yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I mean his heel work against mankind that was some good stuff right that got him over again to become a face basically that whole run I guess it was good but it's not it's just I stellar don't,
1: it's weird there, on one hand I think of the rock as like always the champion when I think of him because part of his pose is like him holding the belt up <laughs> yes thing. right right but on the other hand I can't like really name you these great memories I'll,
0: of the rock as the champion I'll tell you I'll tell you one or two. The whole era against uh, Triple H in mid-2000, yeah, but when he it, won it, hang on. It felt like he never was, he
1: was always, Triple H is like getting it back from him.
0: Well, the one where he won it was great. And then the one where Triple H won it back in the Iron Man match, where it okay, Judgment yeah. Day, is fantastic. And then overall, the summer of 2000, before The Rock lost it to Angle, The Rock was the world champion during a match and an angle that I really like, which was the triangle match or the three-way match at SummerSlam 2000 with Angle and Triple H. I love that. That whole run, that summer of 2000, spring, summer, The Rock and Triple H and Angle were all really good. I'll give you that. So that's what I remember best about Rock as world champion is 2000, actually. Not even 99. You know what feels like when we're talking
1: about this, the looming shadow is that a lot of the Rock winning the title 700 times. Yeah. No Austin.
0: No Austin again until uh, the Austin match, obviously. And, and to me, The Rock, his real rival was Steve Austin. His ultimate rival, I guess, was Steve Austin because they had had their great feud in 97, right. 99. Right. And then again in 01 and in 03 for fun. Yeah. But that wasn't for the title. And all of it was good, though. <laughs> They were, they were really and good most together. most
1: of it included the title.
0: They were re- Yeah, most of it included the title. But I thought Triple H and The Rock were great because... I agree. Listen, I got to tell you one quick story, folks, and you, Quinn, because I never even told you this. My wife, a noted non-wrestling fan, she picks up stuff from just when I have it on, but she does not like wrestling. Apparently, in the year 2000, she used to watch it because her brother, young mm-hmm. younger brother, right. watched it all the time, WWF in 2000. So she always says to me, And I have to do an impression of her. She knows I do it because she has a little bit of an accent. She's like, I could not stand Triple H. He was such a jerk, but I love The Rock. He was my hero when he came out. That's during that period of time. But that's how they portrayed him. They were made for each other, though. That chemistry in 2000, I'm telling you, Quinn, I know you crap on Triple H 2007. It's the best work he ever did in his career. No,
1: I'm not saying it's it's bad. But
0: The Rock was his other half of it. I just think it's less memorable.
1: Okay. All, to, to me, when I think of The Rock and the title, I think of him fighting Stone
0: Cold. That was one time, though. Well, twice, well, he, fifteen and, and 01. Yeah,
1: but I mean that. And to, he lost it to, to me. Both. That's the rivalry
0: it's for a the good, title. It's a good rivalry, and it bookends The Rock's kind of championship career, right? If you would say. But in between was some really good work. But overall, on The Rock, a guy that it made sense that he was champion. They'd be nuts not to put it on him without Austin there. Yeah, they needed to put it on somebody. I agree. Without Austin there, and between him and Triple H, it worked out fine. I thought the angle thing I always found weird yeah. when Angle I, I had guess it.
1: One last final thought: Whereas you know, when Austin, if Austin's Hulk Hogan, right? Sure. When Austin's not around, they'd give it to the Rock, right? Yeah. But when, when Hulk Hogan wasn't around, they would give it to the Macho Man, right? Yeah. Which they did. Or Warrior. Or War, but the you know the Macho Man was it's much better, better than, than Warrior. <laughs> I think the Rock is the lesser of the rivals
0: of the the Greats. Yes, I agree with you. I think Austin is better. Well, let's let's start ranking them, but yeah. let's start with Ric Flair. So folks, it's time to rank again. I'm gonna run down the leaderboard real quick so you stay with us here. Number one, John Cena, two, Steve Austin, three, Bret Hart, four, Brock Lesnar, five, Shawn Michaels, and six, Randy Orton. Quinn, where do you think we put Ric Flair? Where do we start him? He's obviously above Orton. I think I th- that goes without I, yeah. saying. Sorry, Randy. Sorry, Randy Orton. So,
1: um, Actually, I think we should start right above Randy. Is he better than Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair?
0: As <laughs> world champion. As world champion. I'm sorry, I love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is he better as world champion than Shawn Michaels? I think mm. this is a reasonable place Ric
1: Flair could actually land, but I think it's worth talking about Michaels. Well, versus him.
0: Michaels was someone that, you, you've said it, he didn't necessarily always need the title. Yeah. But Ric Flair didn't need the WBF title either. Okay, so they're equal there. That's kind of
1: a moot point. I think now, so. Sean, we can say this about him. He had better matches as the champion. Like more of them.
0: Yes, he did. By by gross quantity, he had more opportunity to. But he did. He had fantastic matches as a champion. Yeah, Flair had the one where he won it. I yeah. mean, I don't know what he did on the house shows. I wasn't there. I'm sure Meltzer had no man training. However, five star match and six star match. I don't know. Rick Flair's
1: is in a way more memorable. Sean, yeah, like that's I true. always say about Sean, his him being the champion wasn't as memorable as all the stuff that came afterwards.
0: Just his general career. But yeah, I think for Ric Flair, he didn't necessarily need the WF title, but it needed him, I think, in 92. Well, as then, much as then I, again, WWF needed Sean in 96.
1: True, but as much as I like Sean Michaels, I think Flair, like we were talking about, might have had like a better impact a on be, the championship as a whole.
0: I think so. I think also he's more entertaining as champion. Because uh, yeah, as champion. Michaels yes. during that period of time is not very good. No, I entertain well, the ring. In the ring. Yeah. I know that. But you know, I'm, it, promo, I don't hear Michaels talk in 96. God's green earth. It's <laughs> <session> <laughs> Shut NBA up! Yeah, I know. I had a Vin man. Yeah. <laughs> They're critics. That's what critics do. They criticize us. I think we can hop him over Michaels. Now, okay. we're going to butt him up against Brock Lesnar next. I don't know if... Mm, I don't know. I think Flair you overall... You he's better? Yeah, probably. He... I do.
1: Brock, though, Joe, I mean... He's, Make a case for Brock, then. Well, we went over him, um, what, last week? Yeah. And it's actually, you know, when you, you step through it, it's pretty impressive,
0: it's, I must say. It's impressive, but is it important? That's um, the only thing. I don't know if it's that, in the long run, important. That's the only thing. What Flair's about his, run was important. You, okay, if you
1: you think about Brock in 03, maybe not as important, right?
0: Yeah, the 03 stuff, maybe But not. actually, 02.
1: his 014, as I like to say. O yeah, fourteen, 014, yes. Um, I think that's immensely important to the WWE.
0: That was the the best run that he had. I think yeah. was fourteen fifteen, and then after that, it's all been shitty, in my opinion. But to me,
1: he was okay. This is going to sound really weird. Yeah, go ahead. But he's like, you know, I feel like him and the Undertaker are shown as like entities or whatever they are. Yeah, like you've said this to me. Like how they're not like they're not of everyone else. They're like they're a step above in kayfabe for some reason. Well, like, I'm not saying that they really are. In a certain
0: way, they might be portrayed that way, yes.
1: I just think that the work Brock
0: did towards becoming that was when he was the
1: champion.
0: Like, (sighs) I don't know if he's a better world champion than Rick Flair. but again, let's, all right, let's just head to head real quick. Flair had the title for a very short amount of time, and one of the reigns was nothing, the second reign, right? Yeah. So we pretty much are just like, whatever with that. Brock's 0203 was good. It was yeah. very good. And then his 1415 was also very Stellar. good. I think Brock's reigns are better. I do.
1: It's, it's weird to say that. But I think, again, the weight Ric Flair's carrying uh, to get to this point is strictly off the Royal Rumble.
0: I mean, come on. Like, I think really you're is. right. I think and I don't blame anyone because I have fond memories of all that, too. Yeah, I don't blame anyone that voted them as one of the best WWF champions of all time. But I mean, based if he, on that, if you're saying world champions of
1: all time. He's like one or two. Yeah. Like, like, without question. Right. Of course. But if you're talking about WWF
0: right. champions, he'd y- still be Ric Flair without the WWF title, you think?
1: Yeah, it's not it's not a knock against Rick. Flair. Flair, yeah. like
0: the character or the, the
1: performer or whatever. It's just as the champion, he just wasn't the champion a lot in WWF because he wasn't there long enough during his like prime.
0: Let me remind you that as the World Wrestling Federation champion, it is incumbent on you, Mr. Flair, to defend this title with dignity Yeah, it's close. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Brock Lesnar. I probably I'm like rick either, Flair more. But
1: It really did sell me on Lesnar when we actually took the time to go through.
0: Yeah, it was good. He had some good stuff. Right. Can we settle on Flair then just taking the the number five spot? It seems low. I I, mean, we have Bret Hart above Brock Lesnar, so Flair can't hop Bret. I don't think he would hop Bret, and I think
1: think Flair is like an inch below Brock. If If you look at his overall... Like just as, champ- as champion, as folks. Champion, remember before be clear.
0: before you get a little hasty on your comments. This yeah. is as champion. Ric Flair obviously is the better wrestler, always, he, always, he's better and forever. Than most of the people <laughs> yes, on this list, correct. And his career is more important, and long term, he's more important, and he's one of the most iconic wrestlers of all time. Right, right. But WWF world champion, he didn't have it very much, and he didn't have it very long, and neither did Brock. But I think Brock did more with it. Yeah. Flair did more for the title. Brock did more with the title. That's true. I don't know. I could go... I really could go either way on where we well, put...
1: Well, what are you feeling? Because I, I kind of made my case more about
0: Brock. I want to hop above. him above Brock, honestly. Now, just why be, do
1: you want to do that?
0: Because I think the prestige that he brought to it, he's a natural champion. He just is. Brock is Brock Lesnar.
1: Now, this is more not, we're not supposed to put our feelings behind this too much. I mean, this is more the, the science-based, you know, we're, we're I mean, we've, we've been looking, we've been All very... All right, Einstein. I'm just saying, we've been very analytical. I'm just trying to make the point, are you using, like, the nostalgia for, you know, SummerSlam 92, WrestleMania 8, <laughs> is that clouding your judgment and you're not appreciating Brock, like, because when we actually took the time to go through him, he was interestingly one of the more impressive.
0: I don't know. That's a loaded question there. I think I think holistically, I think Flair is a better champion. But again, I could go either way. If you want to keep Brock in the four spot and put Flair in five, I'm fine with it. You want to do that? I'm okay with it.
1: I, I mean, I'm having a tough time resolving it in my brain too.
0: I really think that it's too it's really different because Flair, again, had a great match where he won it. Had a great defense against Savage. I almost wish we could have a tie. I mean, I think these two are very... Yeah,
1: we can. I know. But I, I'm just saying, I think Brock and Flair, it's interesting how close it is because of Ric Flair's so limited I know time as champion.
0: It's just like you put the two names and it seems like Ric Flair's name should be above, above Brock Lesnar's. But really... But when, when, we, when you look at what Brock did... Okay, like, I think that answers it for us. Let's you, just put Flair in five.
1: Uh, are you sure? Are you cool with that? I don't want to like just for they, I'm still I'm with you. It's like really hard.
0: No, I, I the reason <laughs> I wanted to put Flair above Brock to begin with is because of, again, the prestige. It just it's Ric Flair's world champion. It just seems right. But Brock yeah. was built off the world title, though, to be, be fair he, to him. Yeah. Flair came in and was already. Let's just leave, let's let's leave Brock in four. Let's put Flair in five. Let's just do it. Okay. All right. Okay. Rick Flair in the number five spot. Yes, number five. And, wow. Uh, you can let us know at any time. <laughs> well, it's still a high honor to be the fifth greatest WWF really champion. Out of all thought. of them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's been so many, <laughs> There have been. Quinn, it's time to put The Rock into the mix now. Where is the insert point for him? Straight up! You can do that! <sighs> I'll tell you what I think. It's right above either uh, Ric Flair or Brock. I kind of agree with
1: you. For comparison's sake, should we start at John Cena just to like and work down because
0: he's not better than I mean because I
1: think he's I think he's better I think he's better than
0: Brock maybe he is I I don't think he's better than Cena he's not better than Austin no he's not he well Austin's his rival now is he better than Bret Hart though as world champion that's I don't think so mm-hmm. but I mean it could, it's just, it's an interesting question The Rock as world champion in 99 was great as a heel. Right. In 2000 he was a champion cuz Austin wasn't there and he was an absolutely the top choice to put it. Like there's no question that he should have Oh, he, he was been. without
1: question like the best babyface a- at that time.
0: The advantage the Rock has that Bret Hart doesn't was well, a few things. Oodles of charisma. Yep. And the crowd eating up Way his better every promo word than well Yes. Yeah. And I like to think of myself as of right now, the people's champion. And the business was really hot when The Rock yep. was champion.
1: Not to mention the Rock was like marketable because of all oh, his catch very. because of his catchphrases and stuff. Are you looking at the people's strudel? Easier morning. it right up in New Woo-hoo. Chocolate and Caramel Apple.
0: The Rock, he can't do a sharpshooter to save his life.
1: I have, I know. There's the, remember the Rock sharpshooter from the move. video
0: game or whatever. Never put it on right.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, you know, match wise, I would definitely say Bret Hart had better title matches. Although the Rock had one of my favorites ever so. with
0: Austin, yeah. and then he also had a really good one or two with Triple H. Uh, some good stuff with Mankind. So it's not, it's not a blowout. I personally prefer Bret Hart's wrestling style, but that's not all we're ranking here. Yeah, it's
1: science. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, Bret Hart is more of a champion when you think of the definition of champion Actually, than the Rock I, I is. Actually, I disagree with you on well, that. Get out of here. No, Why? And I'll t- Come I, just, on.
1: I just think the image of the Rock as champion is like, it's, it's, it's very like, it's almost
0: iconic to me. The belt belongs around his waist. The belt belongs around Bret Hart's waist too. Don't be getting funny over there.
1: I think the Rock is more champion-like. I think he's he, less champion-like. In fact, in fact, I think as far as like looking and feeling like a champion, he's closer to Cena in that regard. Like, as far as that, like,
0: that pure
1: baby face, like... The
0: Rock really was an asshole.
1: Yeah, but I he mean... He was an asshole. For his time, for that anti-hero time... Yeah, that's true. The Rock, in an my anti-hero. brain, was more of a... even more of a baby face than Stone Cold. That's Maybe. what I. That's what I thought
0: of him as, as d- living through that. They're both jerks, just in their own ways. I thought
1: of The Rock was more that knight in shining armor type of what? character. What?
0: What are you talking about? He was an asshole. He was. All like, he did was make fun yeah, of innocent people all the time. Yeah, but I'm even just, when he was a face, just looking at him, his
1: body and athletic what? prowess. Shut like, up. He was. He was like. He was just a good-looking champion. You know, like that's that's what I mean. The belt looked good around him.
0: Quinn, this isn't action figures. That's not criteria here.
1: But I'm, I'm saying that's where a lot of the markability comes from and stuff like
0: that. Oh, it's he's like, certainly marketable because of his charisma.
1: Well, yeah, there's that too. I'm just saying he he's kind of a total package in that case when it comes to being a champion. But he's
0: not better than Bret Hart as the world champion. I don't think. Yeah. You think it's possible? So, I I'm saying Bret. So he's better than Brock. Is that? Are we saying that? I think he's better than Brock. So, I, I personally, think I that. agree with you. I think overall, I can't believe that like the way these rankings are shaking out. We have now. The Rock is going to wind up above Ric Flair on the rankings list, but but that's, that's but people listen, you that know, makes like, sense. It to does me. make sense, and and the Brock being above Flair makes sense to me. I agree with you. That's why I put him there. And the Rock was the champion during a very important period of time. Ninety nine, two 2000, 2001 was a very big period for but them. But I
1: think we just have one thing to settle: Brett and the Rock.
0: That is a very. A feasible discussion. I think it's Bret Hart. I really do. I think The Rock was fine with or without the title in 2000. I think The Rock was fine without it in in 99.
1: I guess, and I I don't want this to be spoiler. Actually, I don't even know if he's enlisting, so I can't even tell you. I don't know if he'll be an entrant. But when I think of The Rock, I think of him more like like a macho man type, right? Okay. Like I equate him to macho man. Yeah. And like They're
0: not the same thing but they're very similar as the, they the, are the, not the
1: championship archetype an arrogant champion but like you just said good. he was a
0: knight in shining armor
1: but yeah the macho man did become that knight in shining good armor
0: lord Bret Hart's whole thing is that he was a stand-up guy a real jam-up guy and a hero <laughs> yeah but and he, he did portray <laughs> that better than The Rock did you want to talk about who who's a hero here
1: <laughs> listen Bret is a hero in his own eyes hey in, in that kid's you eyes even, that even, yelled Bret <laughs> Bret <laughs>
0: There you go. That's your integrity. That's your piece of shit right there.
1: You even said he was kind of a jerk. Not like The Rock
0: (laughs) was. He never threatened to shove objects sideways up someone's ass. (laughs) It was a different time. Look, Brett was a great champion, Quinn. Let's not throw that out here. I don't know if I can really say he's better than The
1: Rock. As as a world champion? As the world champion? Brett Hart,
0: yes, he's better. You know, how is he? What do you mean? (laughs) How is he not? I don't get it.
1: I just I thought it's a natural assumption that The Rock would be better than Brett. What? That's insane to me. Have
0: you lost it then? What are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, take your Brett glasses off for a second. I don't have them on. I lost them, actually, in my Brett sunglasses. The
1: Rock was the number one rival to two great, you know.
0: So was Bret Hart. The Bret Hart was the number one rival to Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin.
1: Steve no Austin I, I, wasn't, the, wasn't the champion
0: when he was rivaling Nevertheless, him. so if you're going to make your criteria here, don't be selective about it there, <laughs> Michael.
1: I just think it's a little... We're a little pushing it with the Brett versus over the Rock. You
0: just bought Brock Lesnar above Ric Flair, and you're going to give me a hard time about thinking no, that Bret Hart might be a better champion than the Rock? Are you serious? I can't believe... Explain to me, when you look at
1: the Rock, how could he possibly not be better than Brett? What, in what, what, what regard?
0: That's a very opaque question. There. In what cause, regard? Because I
1: think I think you're elevating the match quality and like
0: Brett, And the, the breath says he's a hero. Crap. You just called The Rock in the almost the same breath a knight in shining armor and Randy Savage. But he is because
1: Randy Savage was what?
0: This Randy Savage was a big jerk when he first started. His whole he character was a world champion. His then. whole
1: character arc is becoming a Macho Man. Like literally, like, I wanna be, I wanna be a macho man. Well, well, being from a macho man to a real man, right? I mean, like a, a like a man that stands up for his woman, right? When I came in, I
0: wanted to be a macho man, and then I became one. Yeah, he became a real man. Thing. I think Bret Hart is a better champion. He's my space cowboy partner. There's yeah. no
1: way Bret's better than the Macho Man. I,
0: but he, no, he's not no, even no. in the discussion then right now. the Rock,
1: now. yeah, but the Rock to me is that
0: that equal, it, and All it's right. even the same kind All of
1: right. thing. He went from. He went from this arrogant character to the people's
0: champion. He just called himself that, and you believe that the same way that you're accusing me of believing Brett calling himself a hero. He was portrayed that way, though. Ahmed Johnson called himself that first, too. Would you agree with him? He (laughs) can't even say people's champion. But The (laughs) Rock— They sold The Rock as the people—he was called the people's champion. And they sold The Rock as a hero and and one of the great wrestlers and a true stand-up guy. No, I I meant to say Brett. That is how they portrayed Brett as a a hero and a stand-up guy.
1: So they betrayed Brett and The Rock almost the same way, in, no. a, in a weird way. The Rock was very unique. He had a transformation, though, is what I would say, like, t- as far as like, his attitude.
0: All right, listen, to spare an exhausting game of ping pong here with each yep. other about this, what criterion are we looking at here, once and for all, to well, decide okay, on so this? Don't for we real. All, we
1: always do the five tools, right? Sure, like go the, ahead. Yes, the, all the right, point. Match Francesco, quality, yeah, good match play quality yeah. I'll give it to Brett.
0: Yes, I agree with you. Charisma,
1: I'd give it to The Rock. I agree. Marketability. That kind of thing. They're both marketable
0: as yeah. champion. They are. I mean, in all seriousness, The Rock, I mean, hey, he went to Hollywood. It's hard to argue. Yeah. So I guess we'll, and Brett went to Lonesome Tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I guess we'll give that to The Rock if that's one of the tools. Or yeah. is that part of charisma?
1: Mm, I would say that's part of like champion tools. Like, I mean, if you're going to be the
0: face of the company
1: like that, like the number Fun. one guy. Okay, fine.
0: So The Rock it gets that. Uh,
1: what else? I mean you gotta think Um, of I'm trying to think of another one. Brett's
0: reigns are more memorable than The Rock's reigns are. That's true. I mean honestly, his impact in
1: the Reigns department. But
0: his impact as champion was greater than The Rock's. The Rock could have had those same matches and same promos without the title.
1: I think they're almost equal in the in the point of memorability as far as like memorable moments as the champion, because The Rock was really like there was a lot of points, not as many in his overarching like 1,000 reigns or whatever. But like Rock Austin, that is like an all-timer feud. It it
0: absolutely is. And Rock Mankind. Rock Mankind is good too. Yeah. It's tough, Quinn, but I think it's Brett. I just think overall, holistically, you know, just the (sighs) overall feel of it, I think Brett Hart's the better WWF champion. I really do. I
1: feel uncomfortable and maybe fans, you'll have to duke it out because I, I don't think I can make enough points for The Rock here to Put him over Brett. It's but,
0: very close. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I think Brett overall is more I'm, of a WWF champion than the Rocket. Maybe it's
1: just I'm looking at the whole list, and I, I feel Brett looks a little overrated at this point. At and in this point in time, hold your horses. Yeah. All right. But, okay.
0: So Rocket number four. I think that's fair, Quinn. Okay. Let me officially look. Put him on the list. It looks good to me. So this is a this is a good list, I think, and folks. At any time, of course, let us know your updated rankings. Now, there's eight guys in the mix there. Next week, we'll have 10. And then after that, then people start to drop out of the top 10, which gets crazy. Wow. But for right now, your updated Royal Rankings as of October 29th, John Cena, Steve Austin, Bret Hart. So the top three has not changed. Congratulations to the number four champion, The Rock. Wow, big ups to The Rock. Although well, yep. I think he belongs to number three, but. Nevertheless. Number five, Brock Lesnar. New entrant, Ric Flair. Congratulations, number six, Rick best Flair. champion. A little low for him, but. You yeah. put him there! Well, I put him there, yeah, so. There number seven, E.I.U., Shawn Michaels. You're yep. on God's Green Earth. God, God's Green Earth himself. And as always at the very bottom, Randy Orton at number eight. But he's still number eight. <laughs> yes, he's that's still so number eight. In our hearts, that's pretty good. <laughs> that is the updated Royal Rankings for week four. Quinn, when we come back, we are. We've, we we got to catch a flight, actually, and then we're reviewing yep. something. And we'll be back right after this. Well, for me, uh, this is a very important thing. You know, last year I thought I had the best beer. You know, and I think uh, this year I put my thinking cap on and I really worked hard to come up with a very Canadian-type beer. And uh, my my idea is to take coffee crisp chocolate bars, which are so very much Canadian, and mix that with bull testicles to get that right mix of sort of meaty, juicy, meaty kind of beer, and at the same time combine it with this, the sugar and the chocolate of a coffee crisp. I think, uh, I think I've think i really outdone myself this year. I think this beer is going to walk away. It's going to stomp all over all the competition, and you're going to find out that Bret Hart knows way more about beer than anybody ever realized. What the hell is that? I don't know! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thanks for being with us here on episode number 104. Quinn, do you know there's other podcasts out there, wrestling podcasts? I always ask, and I it, always find it's, out. It's really, they really exist. I right? didn't know there were any other ones, but there are, and there's some good ones out there. I'm not talking about your big money, big sponsor, big network type of guys. No, we're talking about people who just scrap through the indies the way we do. And I'm going to shout out three of our friends of the show. Let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing, W P A N. You can check them out right after us every single Monday. It is hosted, Quinn, by two guys that have actually worked in the wrestling business, believe it or not. Uh, unlike us, you know, we're just, we're journalists, yeah. obviously. Yeah. We're very broadcast journalists. Yeah, it's broadcast journalists. One guy is, is an independent wrestling referee that is currently on, allegedly, an extended hiatus. That would be mean Mike Crockett. He's the meanest, the biggest daddy. Yes. He's so great. And I don't know about that hiatus. I think he's just retired, he, but he's definitely retired. <laughs> And his partner is a wrestler, a current wrestler that's not on a hiatus, and that is ROH's own the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Yes, the, the Wine City Whaler himself. Yes, the Wine City Whaler. Very big guy. Very good guy. Very, very nice big guy. Also. Yeah, very big and Sheboygan And they have a great show. Check that out. They bring their unique perspective as guys that have worked in the business. They bring that to their discussion. They'll do a little retro, a little current, and just a, maybe an interview You know, with someone that works in the industry. It's a great show. The Wrestling Podcast about nothing. And also check out the critically acclaimed Greetings from Allentown. What critics? That. I don't know. Some critics. Oh, really? Maybe Jay Sherman.
1: Is this on um, the Masked Man blog or whatever on
0: ESPN? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. So, Greetings from Allentown is hosted by one guy. It takes only one guy to do this amazing show. And that one little guy, Quinn, is our little brother, Little Petey Winston. Who would have ever thought our little brother would be critically acclaimed? Very critically acclaimed. Also very big in Sheboygan. And what he does is he'll take an episode of an old wrestling show. Maybe it's WCW Worldwide from 1994. Maybe it's something from the WWF. Maybe it's AWA. Who knows? And what he'll do is he will read. Review that show for like an hour and a half. But while he's reviewing that show in the background, you're going to get some sports talk. You're going to get some anecdotes. You're going to get some Ron Kittle. You're going to get a lot of weird little references. It's quirky. It's different. It's fun. It's greetings from Allentown, and it comes out every single Thursday. And another one, our Southern fried compatriots, Queen. Are they brothers? Also, they're inbred cousins, and yeah, that would okay. be, of course, be booking the territory with Mike Mills and his crew. And they do a romp through the world of the southern wrestling. They do the NWA that we like so much. They do the Smoky Mountain that we don't like so much. Mm-hmm. They are the unprofessional wrestling podcast that is booking the territory with Mike Mills. What does this term booking mean?
1: Uh, as a they wwf bo- they're fan they're booking through it i don't I, guess. I don't know
0: they have grits i don't know yeah is that what it is maybe
1: Wait, you got to listen to this show i guess
0: i guess you do so check out our three friends of the show that's the wrestling podcast about nothing greetings from allentown and booking the territory great shows check them out support them but quinn long flight we're here long one we've been to this place before we have we're in japan yeah hi we're in Japan. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going way back in japan we got a time machine actually we took yeah, a flight a delorean. time plane a time delorean plane yeah and we are back in japan in 1972 to review the first ever yes that's right <laughs> this is real <laughs> new japan pro wrestling event yeah let alone television show now, event
1: i'm told apparently this is a recent find or something like nobody knew where this thing was or i'm glad it was found Quinn. because this might be the most historic show we've ever reviewed.
0: It might be. If you like the Japan wrestling and the matches, this is where it all started here in New Japan anyway. This is the source so we can forever say we were there from the beginning. We've been here. The whole time. We're old school New we, Japan We, we are here before the school was even built, Quinn.
1: They were building it on this show.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, Quinn, this is March 6, 1972, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, the promotion founded by Antonio Inoki, the Japanese legend, and uh, eventual senator or something, whatever they senator, call it.
1: Senator, dietitian. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Now, you might know this year, 72, it might ring a bell when you think of New Japan, because literally, their American website is njpw1972.com. Yes. So... This is why it's called that.
0: Cool. And before we start this review, Quinn, we have to take our shoes off. We're in Japan. Oh, right. Take your shoes off. This man. is old school, too. It's a lot yeah, more like, a lot f- more rules. Yeah, don't fuck around here. Yeah. And folks, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, obviously, from 19- 1972 until now, has grown into something that, man, a ton of people enjoy to yeah. this present day, especially. It's very highly acclaimed in the wrestling circles for its wrestling matches, right. which really, I mean, in all seriousness... If you like the good manches, they have good matches. I would I, say so. I don't really care that much, which you might know about me by now. Quinn right. cares a little more than me. But New Japan Pro Wrestling got its start in 72, and that's where we are. Our shoes are off. We're ready to roll. Toyota. Oh.
1: Ah. Toyota. Still, yeah. good.
0: Mm. And we get a cold open with Antonio Inoki suplexing someone. The fans are very happy. big
1: grunt as soon as it's... A, ah! That's like the first thing you hear in the history of New Japan. <laughs>
0: Uh, very festive, happy music plays I think over. It's like Antonio Noki's theme. It's great. It's yeah. such a good song. And there's shots of like flowers all over the outside of the arena. Shots of people entering in their very nice clothes and all that. So how do
1: they know to come to this? By the way, I'm just asking because this is <laughs> the first show. Like, how do you be like, uh, I'm starting a wrestling. <laughs> like, Hi, I'm starting a wrestling. Like, uh, what else do you say? It's 1972. It's not like people know that they call them wrestling companies. Do you say I'm yeah. a wrestling federation. I guess so. Like what? What do you say? I don't know, but then how so- did they all know to come?
0: Somehow they all got there. But their poor teeth. Now you got to. Re- <laughs> the only gold you ever had was in your teeth. How many really gold in my teeth? <laughs> they have Japanese. So everyone seems very happy to be there. Quinn,
1: is this right after Godzilla attacked them or whatever? <laughs> because, like, I was thinking, like is this like a morale booster oh.
0: for, like, for the Japanese people? Well, because Godzilla had been terrorizing the city for like 10, 15 years, like right? Like in the 50s, right? Yeah. Like around then. Oh, so you think Antonio Inoki was like, oh man, I got to do something about this. It was
1: like, you know, it'd been a very torn up by the big lizard there. And they said, you know what? We need <laughs> some happiness here. A big
0: lizard? You saw like Gorilla Monsoon yeah. like reaching for a nickname. Oh, he tore him up. The big lizard there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Now, the narrator says a lot of stuff in Japanese so I
1: don't understand him. It is kind of weird to think that we're like, less than 10 years away from like dynamite, dynamite kid yeah. being in this company it and is stuff weird, like right? and like tiger mask <laughs> yeah, tiger like, it's mask. not even like far away like as adults we like know like now it's like 10 years seem like a long time when we were kids yeah but as adults that oh, kind of like think by. about it it's like 2008 yeah. 10 years yeah, ago or right? whatever
0: so we're on like minute number two of showing people just arriving to the arena it's here. long They want you to know that people care. I guess so, because everyone's like very like it looks like they're going to church. Yeah, they're dressed up in very nice clothing. They take a while to get in. Very pleased to be there. It seems like again, I ask, how did they know? Maybe Anoki stapled flyers to all the telephone poles. Do you think
1: like they just they're like something good's gonna happen?
0: <laughs> dress in your Sunday best. <laughs> yes, dress in your Sunday best and go to this wherever this is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we go to ringside. Lots of lovely ladies getting very excited. Antonio himself enters in a suit with uh, some other <laughs> guy in like a red Adidas tracksuit. Maybe that's like red shoes. His dad red suit.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, the, also, that tracksuit. They still wear that yes, shit. Yes, like, it that, is. That's like the same one. <laughs> it's so funny. Like you can watch New Japan today. And, and see like, the red tracksuit, y- right? Yep, with the stripes. With the, with
0: the logo on <laughs> yep. the corner, yeah. Enoki, red suit, and the ref all bow to each other. This, maybe this was like a dedication, you think? Ah, uh, maybe. It's possible. Because I don't know
1: what they're saying. Yeah, I bet you they're saying, I hope we all this works out. Like, <laughs> Because like, how are you going to know? Like it's the first day. Of, That's true. It's the it's first, first day, day of work. work. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, well, let's let's hope this works. They're so, like on the mic. Like, yeah, like, we'll, like we
0: we hope this will be good. Fans, video. Um, if
1: you like this, uh, leave us something in the suggestion box <laughs> after the show. Yeah. If it, if anything's bad, we'll improve on it.
0: Some other guy hops in the ring to say more things in Japanese. I think he said Yankees or something. I don't know.
1: By the way, Anoki looks
0: really stupid. Why? <laughs> <You said stupid. laughs>
1: Just it's something about the collar goes up too high, or maybe it's just he has like a big neck. I don't know. He looks gangly,
0: maybe a little gangly.
1: I don't know. I don't think he's Paul a good-looking dude. You, no, he's not. Do you think he's like kind of ugly?
0: He rivals Jay Leno and uh, Great Collie in terms of the chin department there. Let me <laughs> tell you that much. He's got a lot of chin. Everyone shakes hands and stuff again, and Noki grabs a mic yet again, but stands around awkwardly. Like It's
1: like they're all like, we're not sure what to do next. We're new at this. Yeah, like, forgive us, yeah. folks.
0: We don't know what we're doing, right? <laughs> there
1: really. is an element of <laughs> yes. this, though, that like, we're not joking. Yeah. Like, there's an element of this, like, we're figuring this out. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> now the ref starts talking, too? I don't know what's going on here. This is like a Triple H opening
1: promo, like, in NXT or whatever. It's like, we are uh, <laughs> New Japan uh, pro wrestling. Uh US for this. Uh, it's good. Uh, they give us 15 loose. minutes.
0: Uh. <laughs> they keep passing the mic back and forth like we're at someone's backyard 60th birthday party. They're like, very proud. Alright, Doris, now you say <laughs> something for the camera. I just want happy birthday, Hank. You know that it's shit. It's like
1: they just can't believe they made it. Like
0: <laughs> it's nice. They're very proud. And then the crowd just claps at something that somebody says. I don't know. An- Anoki bows like five more times and then uh hopefully we get going here. Maybe they don't really talk in New Japan anymore because like they're still making up for this, like this
1: cold opening or whatever this is. They,
0: they did all their talking for like fifty years in the right. first episode.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> like, honestly, maybe it's all just exposition. Like, this is why this started fuck giant baba. We're starting this company.
0: <laughs> Wait, is that what it was though? I really hope
1: that that's literally, like, they got on the mic (laughs) and there's, like, this long, detailed background story and you're just supposed to remember that for the next 50 years of New Japan.
0: That's, like, the official, like, canon of New Japan. Could you imagine Giant Baba? Could
1: you imagine on the Japanese commentary like in 2018 if they keep referencing this like opening promo? This this
0: fateful night? Yeah, this (laughs)
1: fateful night in 1972. It's like we'll never forget Antonio Noki telling us to
0: fuck Giant Baba. That's why we need to make that's why we still try to be good. (laughs) So Noki finally gets out of the ring to nice polite applause from the Japanese crowd and now we get a shot of him at his house reminiscing. And now I'm guessing he's saying something like we started in
1: smoke bars and, <laughs> it wasn't we didn't have much money but we, you know we tried our best we at least got a couple of uh, bouquets of flowers <laughs> yeah. it, we gave it a bit of we did okay yeah we I, tried I borrowed
0: some money from my mom <laughs> his and, mom yeah mrs Anoki. of mrs. course Inoki, yeah so like at this uh, room that he's in in this house he has a statue and some posters he looks like some random guys youtube channel welcome jinx nation to my channel i'm back and i'm ready to make History.
1: Who cares? And the quality is surprisingly it, good. It's very, now, like, modern. Now, we were theorizing watching this part, Joe.
0: Is this, like, 80s? Like, where do you think this footage is from? I really feel like it's probably the early 80s, it looks like. Like, this doc, it's almost like a documentary, folks, what we're watching. It, it could It is, might be from 72, for all we know, do the you think whole Maybe thing. it's a
1: re airing of the 72 show, maybe. and maybe they have.
0: They like intersected
1: where maybe the commercials were.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Folks, Something if you like know that. anything about this, let us know. By the way, Anoki has a very stylish Coles dress shirt on. It's very fancy on him. Oh, he looks him. great. He looks very good there. Back to ringside. It's finally time for a match. And a red suit now. Who was you know we saw earlier? He takes off his red suit and now he has on red underpants. Quinn. Yes. Now forgive me, folks. Okay, because <laughs> we're just dumb Americans here and we don't really know too much about the Japanese. Yeah. But I don't know who these people are for the most part, and <laughs> well, I'm not. You I know, don't care. You know, one. Of I know them one this. is. I don't care who they are either. All right. I'm not going to pretend that I care.
1: I think that makes it more authentic, Joe, because you're not using names to really uh, cloud no.
0: your judgment
1: here. Maybe um, Yamoto or whoever these people yeah. are
0: are good. So here's our opening match. It's two out of three falls, and it's Kotetsu Yamamoto and uh, Toyano Bori, sure, that's what yeah. it is, Teriyaki, versus Jim and John Durango, the Durango brothers. Now, I have to say, Jim Durango is uh, Bullet Bomb Armstrong. That was interesting, Yes,
1: right? Okay, so I was, like, looking in the middle yeah, of we this. Yeah, we were like, who are these guys? Yeah, and I come to find out that, uh, jimmy boy there jimmy durango is uh, the bullet bullet one
0: yeah the bullet one Ah, the bullet one he's the blue durango his partner durango is in brown now the announcers quinn sound like they're whispering from inside a phone booth they're like "Mm -hmm, a lot of respect Mm -hmm. if we talked if we did the whole review like this this is how they sound
1: We should. I mean, we should have as much respect as they do.
0: Okay. Quinn, you had a problem with the Durango Brothers attire? Well, the
1: Durango Brothers attire. One of them looks like he's wearing poop. Okay, enough of this. I can't. Yeah, we can't. uh, We got to talk
0: loud I'm not Japanese. I'm sorry. You're not? No. Oh, So we get a lockup in Bullet Bob versus uh, Japan White Tights here. I don't know. They do have the colors of Japan. Red and white, yeah. Yeah.
1: Side had luck by White Tights. So this is already five stars, right? You know, because it's like the first New
0: Japan match ever. Out of historical respect, it's already at five stars. I
1: think we're just not even going to like downgrade this one because it's just in fairness. Yeah, because how could you have matches if this one
0: wasn't five stars? they are setting the five star standard. Right. This is right here. So this is five stars, clearly. And then something else will be better than it one day. Yeah. Uh, Bullet Bob has a single. T- Sailor tattoo, by the way. The referee looks like Tony Soprano. I don't know what yeah, the hell this that's deal weird, is. Yeah, weird because
1: uh, he looked American. I swear, or like an Italian guy or whatever.
0: Where'd you put the capagoul? Yeah. Red tights gets in and does a big five star bear hug. By the way, Popeyes screwed up my entire order. Oh like, really? While I was watching this, we were I was eating Popeyes. Yeah, tell me about that because you yeah. didn't tell me at the time.
1: This goes to another complaint I always have about Popeyes. I don't know why you keep getting from there. I think because it's like next to the McDonald's, and like when I don't want McDonald's, I get Popeye's. Yeah. But they apparently have the worst service in America. Yes, or something it's everyone like, knows it's like this. like known. Yes. I ordered like chicken fingers or tenders or whatever they yeah, call the, them. The, yeah, whatever they and, are. Uh, and mashed potatoes. They yeah. give me two packs of fries and... Chicken like
0: nuggets instead. Oh, you got someone else's order, probably. I don't know
1: if I got someone else's order because they do
0: this shit all the time. Well, and you keep going there, Quinn. Anyway, Durango Brown gets in and gets caught in a hammerlock. By the way, no knee pads to be found anywhere in this match. About 1972. That was it's a different time. It is. White tights is uh, back in now with blue Durango. That's Bullet Bob. Side headlock by Bullet. Dropped hold by White tights. Red tights gets in and he takes over the toehold for a while. I wouldn't say this is
1: underwhelming
0: me it's just whelming me. <laughs> well because it's 72 and this is kind of what you expect yeah yeah all right i get it yeah and i didn't I, expect anything amazing i here. think this is
1: pretty decent for 70s wrestling because i don't it's have like bad. a
0: high standard right yeah, exactly it's not bad yeah white tates takes over the hold again the Durangos take control with side headlocks. You said very, it's a very physical contest. Very yeah. very physical
1: contest. <laughs>
0: Brown <It's> Durango. <laughs> no, it's not. Brown Durango. By the way, Quinn has that strappy support that you don't like. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, to be he honest, does there, that dude. little like extra strap on the back of the singlet. He's like Salvatore Balomo of New Japan. Armbar by Bullet Bob is reversed by White Tights. The crowd is silent, which is typical for Japanese crowds. I
1: mean, they're literally setting the standard
0: of a <laughs> yeah. Japanese crowd. Right? This is like the template for everything that would follow. It
1: all makes sense. It's the first episode.
0: Yep. Bullet Bob and White Tights botch a leapfrog there. That was a little ugly looking. The announcer seems scared. Like,
1: oh shit! I don't know if this promotion is <laughs> going to work out. Like,
0: I don't know. I
1: don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, like seriously, they. Like I, I don't know on, what they're saying, but that seems like what they're saying.
0: Like they're walking on eggshells or something. Yeah. Or egg noodles. White tides with a big frog splash out of nowhere for the first fall. Only in Japan would a crowd not pop for that.
1: Yeah, what the hell? They don't care. Like a big aerial move. Like, you get a frog splash. That like, They still have to show their respects. So they're like, hmm. <laughs>
0: Literally. Anyway, we get the rest period here. The crowd's like grinning. They're like, ha ha, dumb Americans. Yeah. And uh, brown Durango and white tights start as we clip to a toehold. By the way, it's weird to
1: think, now that we know this whole bullet bob yeah. thing, isn't it weird to think that Road Dog <laughs> is linked to this match somehow? <laughs> what the hell? Road Dog and DX. Like <laughs> they're linked to the first ever New Japan match, very, just saying.
0: Very interesting. Uh, we get another clip, and now Road Dad is in the ring.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to complain about the clipping. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to complain either. I'd yeah. rather just breeze through this yeah. match here. We cut to the audience, and then all of a sudden, Anoki is in the ring we, yeah. in his warm-up jacket and he cleans house with the Americans. His wife approved. I think yeah. that's his wife. Is, she was very pretty. Very pretty lady. Anoki celebrates with his countrymen there, and then backstage, Anoki's talking to like his goons. <laughs>
1: yeah, this guy, <laughs> this guy's great. He's like yeah. those stupid Americans. That's what like, it seems like
0: they're saying. Like, yeah, they're just nudging like, each other. Like,
1: nudging, like, yeah, we really got them. Like it's like a post-match interview. Like all the way it's presented or whatever.
0: It's very funny. We get a blue-tinted view of Inoki getting in the ring with some very intense music that I would not mind stealing and putting under us right now, because it's great music. Hell it yeah! It is really
1: good, and I'm hearing it right now, but...
0: We go back to Inoki's house.
1: Yeah, we go back to Inoki's house. He reminisces more. <laughs> it's like, you know, I came through the <laughs> thing here, and... It was it was tough a tough walk. I didn't know
0: if I was going to win or not. Yeah, so. it was tough. We get a shot of Anoki backstage again. I love it. A camera follows him up the stage. This is 1972, folks.
1: Right, and this is exactly like the beginning of the match at WrestleMania 14 with Shawn and yeah.
0: Austin. Among like the other stuff that like WWF's done stylistically, this reminded me of that. But this is 1972, and you see Anoki backstage in the dressing room, and a camera follows him from behind, kind of like in that Goodfellas tracking shot. You know, yeah. when they go in
1: fellows even stole it,
0: <laughs> and he walks and he walks up up the stairs through a long dark hallway, and he comes out to the ringside. What a great shot! Seriously, I'm it not really being funny. Makes this seem important. It really does. The girls give him flowers. It's like uh, yakuzuma <laughs> Like uh, remember him? <laughs> yeah. Now it's Antonio Noki's opponent, folks, <laughs> is Carl Gotch, yes, and he, he gets that, flowers too. That Carl Gotch. Yeah, that Carl Gotch. The flower girl gets bumped by the ref by
1: accident. Yeah, that's really, and she even laughs. <laughs> yeah, like, it's funny. There's just, I love the element of this whole show. It's like this is the first time we're doing, and we don't even know. It's if this so is good. cute. Like you can tell, and you you always take a new Japan in this reverence, and they're so good. But you can even tell that even they're like, we're just we're
0: just trying to make this work. This is our first show, folks. Yeah, we get a close up of Gotcha's gut and his championship belt. There it is! The
1: belly flap title! <laughs> like, it looks it yeah, It's a a horrible a piece shot. of shit belt,
0: too. Like, and his gut's hanging over it's it. It's
1: literally the size of, like, a normal <laughs> belt. Like, that you wear every day. Like, that I have on now on my jeans, or whatever. <laughs>
0: gets horrible, <laughs> and the way his like purple tights and his big white gut is hanging oh, over it—it's very hard. bad. Handshake to start. Now this is uh, a match, folks, that uh, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, attention to. Joe a- enjoyed this match. I did. So we get a handshake to start. They circle and size each other up. Neither man gets a move in. Greco Roman by Gotch, but Anoki fights out, and we get a side headlock by Anoki into a takeover. By the way, did you know that Carl Gotch was born in Belgium? antwerp belgium shut up antwerp <laughs> yes <laughs> not, dave van not... antwerp any relation <laughs> oh that antwerp <laughs> yeah but he was uh born in belgium but apparently carl gotch became very uh well known in, G- in germany or was billed from germany well he
1: actually was born in belgium but grew up in germany, in germany yeah. right
0: yeah. yeah uh any relation to frank gotch I don't I think so, don't right? Know. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> a Gotch back up to a vertical base, but Anoki retains control. Both men make it to the ropes. We get a clean break, a tie-up, and Anoki with a forearm. Gotch grabs a standing wrist lock, but Anoki escapes. Side headlock by Anoki, but Gotch escapes. Standoff here, and we're clipped to Anoki with Gotch in a side headlock again. Very back-and-forth contest. Mm-hmm. Referee uh, James Gandolfini presides here <laughs> as uh, Gotch attempts a power out, but Anoki switches to a short-arm scissors from which Gotch escapes. And then Gotcha attempts a wrist lock. Inoki evades. Shoulder blocks by Inoki, and he shoots for an abdominal stretch, but Inoki escapes! Now a top wrist lock by Gotch, and both men struggle for a front face lock, ending with a no-key landing a snap mare. This is a back-and-forth contest, Quinn. Well-wrestled. Pre- it's pretty great. Um, Honestly. I, I really
1: have no, like, poor criticism no. on
0: what's going on here. It's 1972, and it's good
1: wrestling. I'm serious. It's important, I guess, that they did establish this, because this really does say, like, yeah, this is about, like, really serious, like, actual wrestling. Athletic competition, Instead right? Of people, I don't know, dancing around and right. stuff. Right, like, like Chief... Yeah, although I like Chief. but Chief's a, dance is good. He's probably dancing right as this show was happening because it's in 72. Yeah, you'll, so, oh, he doing a good dance the back height in 72. the Chief. That's right. He was yeah. a young Chief. I will say this about the Chief, though. I mean, he does have a move that comes out of that dance. So knee, It is wrestling. Knee lift, yeah.
0: yeah. Vertical base by both men. Gotch with an armbar takedown. Inoki gets caught in a waist lock. Both men up again. Gotch takes Inoki back down, but Inoki reverses into a head scissors. Gotch escapes, grabs a head scissors of his own, but Anoki with a reverse step over toe hold but Gotch makes the ropes. Greco-Roman knuckle-lock and Gotch gets the upper hand before we break yet again here. A lot of clean breaks, a lot of, like, professionalism. Very respectful match. Gamesmanship. A lot of gamesmanship, yeah. I, I So
1: I'm assuming this is for the, uh... That the belly flap that title? Belt is. <laughs> now, I was reading that's like the... New Japan pro wrestling real world cell I mean real. I guess it it's the Rick same Flair? belt Ric Flair had, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they used to be that shitty one, I suppose. I guess
0: so. Maybe he used it to hold up his ten thousand dollar pants. Yeah. Side headlock attempt by gotch, but it's escaped by Anoki. Both men are back up and we get what a body slam by gotch yeah now that was exciting i'm not being funny yeah because that wasn't a thing that they right. really did back then we've been trading holds back and forth and a lot of reversals and escapes folks and now to see a body slam 10 minutes into a match it's like whoa impact yeah, it's, like, it's just impressive how they used to hold the stuff
1: back so that it would actually have effect when right. you did it it's like oh they they actually know psychology right <laughs> Imagine that. Go
0: figure, right? And then Gotch grabs a German
1: suplex for two. Now, this is cool because so... The German suplex kind of
0: came from Gotch, right? Yes, he uh, invented that move and it was named after him. Which, because he was built from Germany, so exactly. that makes sense. Now, it only got, uh, maybe it was his finisher, maybe the pile driver was, but it only gets two because Anoki just managed to slip his hand under the rope. He didn't kick out of it. It's kind of cool to think that Gotch was the Brock Lesnar of his time, <laughs> right? Gotch Lesnar. Yes, there you
1: yeah. go. Was well, he the, the fifth greatest champion of all time? Uh, Brock.
0: Yeah, I think fifth right yeah. now. Anogi uh, with a series of shoulder blocks, but Gotch fights back and hits the Gotch pile driver. You know the Gotch pile driver twin. Yes.
1: So this was great because when I was watching this, right, I was kind of doing a little research while I was watching because I was like, I don't really know much about Carl Gotch. Yeah, and I realized he he um trained Minoru Suzuki. If right. you know who that is, uh, he's a guy in New Japan right now, and he's still at, he's like fifty years old. Yeah. Right? Most of the time, I know we hate 50 year old wrestlers generally, but I would say, yes. like, you wouldn't know he's 50 years old, or you might be able to tell, but you're like, wow, this guy can still move and shit, and he's good, right? Well, they
0: eat a lot better in Japan. You know, they take care yeah. of themselves I'd
1: more. I say the general rule of thumb with Japanese wrestlers is shave 10 years off, and that's their real age. Yeah,
0: that's fair. So
1: think of Minoru Suzuki as this really good 40 year old wrestler, but he was trained by Gotch, and his finishing move is the God Power driver. driver. So it was so cool to see Gotch actually do the God yes. Pile Driver in his heyday. In his well, heyday. Well, maybe a little after the heyday. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any hay left? There's no hay here. <laughs> okay, he's not bad.
0: No, he is like 47, 48 years old. Yeah. We looked that up. So he's he's a little long in the tooth, but no hay. Long, a long in the gotch. Yes, a little long. <laughs> uh, anyway, Anoki kicks out of the gotch pile driver, which, okay, is impressive. Y- you know... Going through this again with you,
1: reviewing it, as I said. Yeah, reviewing I gotta say, they they've really made Anoki look strong here. They did. Uh, he's really taken the punishment from Gotch.
0: Yep. he bails to buy some time because, I mean, it's a pile driver, folks, in, especially in 72. That's a finisher, and right? And a there. Gotch pile driver, no less. Nonetheless, right. Back in, double leg takedown by Anoki, and he tries for a Boston Crab, as I get flashbacks of WrestleMania 6. Yeah, it does <laughs> look like the, the Coco one or whatever. Coco fighting you with a nice bridge. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that whole thing from yeah. getting a six. Anyway. Gotch actually fights and fights and somehow flips out of it and gets a one-count off of a lateral press. Greco-Roman lockup again, and Gotch turns that into a pinning combination for two and a big dropkick by Anoki, and he finally lands that abdominal stretch he was going for that entire good time. Good-looking
1: good, good looking stretch
0: Good-looking stretch there. Gorilla would approve. But out of nowhere, Gotch catches a double overhead suplex for the win. Double underhook suplex for the win. You heard that right. The win. The win. Gotch just beat Anoki in the debut of his own promotion. Anoki, yeah, like the
1: Hulk Hogan or whatever of New Japan, yeah. lost
0: in the first match ever in New Japan. That's amazing. His own promotion. I had no idea, folks. Now, Maybe that's I, a known thing. Maybe people know that I didn't know that. I
1: didn't know that either, and I don't think you'd ever see like Vern Gagne losing in the first match of his
0: AWA right, or whatever. Right? Or, or if we, we can ever track that down, or if Triple H wrestled in the first like NXT match or something like that. Yeah, you he know? didn't. Though. <laughs> but, no, he didn't. But if he had, he just
1: said, "This is NXT. It's good. Good." And thanks, Dusty, <laughs> for making the whole thing.
0: <laughs> so the young boys get in and they help up Anoki, but Gotch himself comes over, does like the respectful revive yeah, to Anoki. Yeah, the rare like respect revive and he lifts up Anoki raises his hand you know and big respect Carl Gotch gets on the mic and speaks in English yeah. he says if there's one man worthy of the belt it's Anoki and uh we cool a, yeah good we get a big hug and we go back to Anoki at his house at his table
1: and he's saying like well you know i lost it sucked
0: whatever <laughs> goodbye and we go back to the ring again Anoki leaves to so a very happy you know clappy reaction yeah people like it's cool
1: it's almost like they like Almost built sympathy for him or yeah, something. Like, like maybe that was the point of
0: this. Right. Like he wrestled a good match, you know, he really tried. He did wrestle a good he match. He did. He did. He dominated most of it. Yeah. Uh and then we get more reminiscing. We don't know what he's saying because it's Japanese. And then he does like a fist bump to the camera. It's like <laughs> Antonio Anoki or whatever yeah. he's Like Anoki's <laughs> good. And then and we O'Doyle get, rules. <laughs> O'Doyle rules. And then we get a replay of tonight's action under the very happy music. And then we roll credits, literally. Your actual credits. Actual credits. And that's it. I mean, short review not a short but sweet listen i was very skeptical of this when quinn yeah. first mentioned that we should review this this is your pick yeah because you know me i'm not a big new japan wrestling fan i don't really care about its history i don't know what they're saying but i'll tell you this the way it was presented with such respect right for wrestling seriously and i know that that's still a thing in japan I enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty good, and I think people should seek it out. I think it's still
1: available on Daily Motion it's, or whatever. Yeah, it's not on YouTube. Just look up, uh, I think it's NJPW first show or, yeah, or debut, debut show. Debut, I, yes. Debut show. I, I thought it was good, Quinn. It's, it's interesting. I'm not going to like go out there and say it's the greatest no. show. No, no, no. But it's also the first show, so it shouldn't be. That's a good point. Like, if, if the first show was the best show they ever did, then why would you ever watch it again?
0: Yeah, and maybe, folks, you were expecting me to do all these Japanese jokes and things like that. But honestly, I don't really want to do that. Join us for our next performance at Benihana of Tokyo. This was a breath. A fresh air. I think you said to me, Quim, while we were watching it, this was very therapeutic.
1: Yeah, it's actually like a very chill show to watch. It, it reminds me of, you know, watching some of those house shows, like when we were talking about stuff that ages good or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes a show doesn't necessarily need to be in your face, entertaining, things happening all the time. Sometimes you just, it has to be really watchable.
0: Right. And this was really watchable. There was nothing annoying about it. Like, last week, we put ourselves through misery with AWF. Like, literally, folks, that was hard to watch. We've
1: done two weeks in a row.
0: Three, really, because Herb wasn't great either.
1: Right, Herb was a little better.
0: WWF Puerto Rico was awful. That was awful. And then last week, AWF was awful.
1: And I think, I mean, when we started doing the reviews, I mean, it's not all, like, these bad shows. Sometimes we have to mix
0: in some good stuff because then how are you going to know to watch something right? yeah and this was this was fine I'm not going to seek out 1972 new Japan ever again well, you don't want to see what
1: happens in 1973
0: <laughs> well maybe year by ear, Joe well you know what there's always the possibility of that but folks speaking of finding things out Make sure you check it next week to find out what we're going to talk about and see what will be on my mind, see who the next two entrants are in the Royal Rankings. We will have our first top 10 as of next week. Wow. We'll be making it to top 10. Hopefully I- Randy Orton's not number 10. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, we'll see. And uh, until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate, obviously, each and every week you tuning in. Tuning in. Yeah, sure. That's what it is. <laughs> on your radio to listen to us. <laughs> and you can be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can e- also email us at OVP Podcast G- G- Email.com. Join the group if you haven't yet I promise it'll be a fun time It's unlike any group you've ever been in And you can also, if you want to Support us on Patreon Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast But until next time I am Joe Morata, that is Michael Quinn And we are saying sayonara See ya!
1: はみ。パパパパパ。